Look, hmm. I, had a, I had a lot of fun attending uh, the recent midnight screening of Morbius, but it wasn't only the film Morbius which I enjoyed. I also very much enjoyed taking out my new girlfriend, Julia Fox, to one of my favourite Italian restaurants in London, Bella Italia, which is, they serve the highest standard of Italian cuisine there. And I think to go to anywhere more expensive than Bella Italia wouldn't only be excessive, but also it would be not right at a time when so many have sacrificed so much. And I'm not going to be partying like our Prime Minister. I'm going to be enjoying myself in a sensible way with my girlfriend, Julia Fox, who is very sexy, but not in a way that is trashy or over the top. Yes, but what would you like to order? <laughs> Can I please have a beer and a korma? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this free episode of TF. It's it is the free one. I'm, I'm going to start saying it next time. Okay, all right. Give it a go. Yeah. You can't do accents. Will it sound like Quaaludes Acaster? That's the question. <laughs> yeah. uh, Quaaludes, Quaaludes Acaster, of course, is uh, something that you will... Um, you will have a, a bit you will have heard uh, if uh, you subscribe to the secret Patreon mm. that we don't tell anyone about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, a bit you will have heard if you are subscribed to the Patreon where you get to edit the podcast. Yeah. Nate's been paying into that for years. I've got to say, I can barely walk. <laughs> no, come on, don't give him, <laughs> don't give it to him. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, it's it's TF. It's uh, Riley, Milo, Hussein, and Alice. And Quaaludes Acaster. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, uh, Quaaludes Acaster. I'm gonna fall off my yacht. <laughs> <laughs> what is he, Robert Maxwell we, now? Well, I, <laughs> I'm having so much chem sex, I feel like two guys from 22 SAS have turned up. <laughs> oh boy! Listen, I don't know where those pensions went. I'm Robert Maxwell Quaalude cast. <laughs> the, the triple barrel survey. I, I, I was watching this documentary called The House of Maxwell, yeah. right? And one of the things mm. I noticed about Robert Maxwell, because there's a lot of footage of him in it, most perfect mm. evil guy voice. They truly do not make them like that anymore. He had this like incredible, perfect baritone, and he was... He bought the mirror, right, the newspaper, yeah. and yeah. he was talking about its its competitor, the Sun. And at one point, I forgot that he was talking about newspapers because he said, "I am committed to putting the mirror on top of the Sun." And I'm just like, <laughs> "Fucking <laughs> shit! What?" That is something like that is something like an evil guy in a Bond film would do, right? Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. No, it's what he is. Is he's oh, it's uh, it's fucking die another day. The big the big Sun mirror that yeah, they use you're to right, like, you're right, melt totally. everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, but it, with a strangely Mr. Burns style affect. Yeah. Yes, that's right, American listeners. Uh, Britain had a uh, Mr. Burns. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, baritone. Look, we got some stuff to talk about today. Um, uh, can I interest you all in meeting our uh, our new, the new sixth member of TF? Uh, Quaaludes Acaster. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Nothing jars me. I don't know what tone we're speaking. <laughs> I'm whacked off my tits. It's like in like whenever um, this is a very it's gonna be a very me reference, but like when the White Ranger and the original Power Rangers was released, right? Yeah. Um, mm. And he and he and he takes off his helmet, and under the helmet is Quaaludes Acaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, though this is this is actually uh, Seth Green's stolen bored ape, folks. 
Oh, uh, no. I bet, oh, I bet he's not bored now he's been kidnapped. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Probably an excited ape. Yeah, that's mm. right. So uh, Seth Green, who you may remember as uh, Scott mm. Evil and Chris Griffin, uh, yeah. <laughs> as, uh, recently purchased a bored ape with the intention of uh, making it into a what appears to be a kind of gentle comedy about having friends in a bar, but in a... To making into a sitcom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, Cheers but NFTs of apes. Yeah. It's chimps. Yeah. Uh, and it looks fucking terrible. Not secure enough, Scott. <laughs> and I can only... Having actually watched the clip, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I do love the kind of the whole culture that the NFT world represents tends to make things that are so bad but also so deeply financialized that you mm. can't tell if it was stolen on purpose because they just didn't want to go ahead and make the show, but is just hyping up the sale of, of this now famous ape. Uh, it is genuinely, it has, we are in producer's world at this point with it, that section of the economy. Well, I was, I, I was saying this on Twitter the other day, but like NFTs is basically like first as fast, then as tragedy, because it's one of the few things that like from the very beginning, anyone who's not a complete fucking idiot was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. How can this possibly be real? And then it's like, oh, a lot of people are going to lose their house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and what's so weird about this, right, is that he's, is that you, you claims that um, the, uh, the, the intellectual property rights to the bored ape that he had mm. uh, go with whoever owns it on the blockchain. And so then, so it, it was stolen in a sort of low effort hack, mm. you know, um, enlarge your Pathrinus or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm he was like, trying to enlarge my Pathrinus. <laughs> he's like, I'd love to enlarge my Pathrinus. And so he clicked the link. And then I'd love it if mine could get hard. <laughs> oh, 14 loads <laughs> deep. <laughs> The the pro the problem was he didn't like in the bar where this sort of NFT like comedy is set. Um, he didn't uh, order the slurp juice, so uh, uh, right. he didn't didn't generate more apes, uh, and that was the mm. problem. Yeah, I I hate when I go out drinking and then I wake up with three identical sons. You know, you can use up to three quaaludes on a single acaster. <laughs> well, that's quack on. <laughs> so so uh, but it's um it says it says it's supposed to confer the IP rights, right? So. You can only supposed to legally be able to make the show if you also own the ape. But that sure. requires a lot of stuff that's not on chain to do successfully. You might say you are depending on a third party trusted institution to, uh, to adjudicate who has the right to use what in terms of IP. Maybe. Just thinking about it. And secondly, though, the actual if you look at the show, right, the, the characters of the NFTs are walking around in that sort of, you know, terrible $5 animation style. Um... But like none of them have the backgrounds, but all of these pictures are algorithmically generated and the backgrounds are one of the things that are algorithmically generated. So what is he just supposed to have a box around him all the time? Or maybe just maybe the whole idea is half baked horse shit. Well, I mean, they're trying to do they're trying to do Bojack Horseman with the sort of like humans walking around with like weird animals and interacting with them. No, because yeah. it's not because in Bojack Horseman. Like it's all because they're all like cartoons, right? Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. kind of like a composite of like hum. Well, oh, it's Muppets. It's Muppet Bojack Horseman with NFTs. Kind of. It also has I the hate same every every word in the sentence you just. It said. also it also sort of has the same principle as like Digimon, um, in the sense that like okay, there are. All right, I'm listening. Yeah, there, well, yeah, there are humans, and there are like these digital things that they treat like humans. Um, I, I mean, look, I only like watched it. I didn't like listen to the audio. Um, so this is like just me inferring stuff, but yeah, mm. basically, uh, oh, he's it, saying it, you're it missing is, out on a treat. It is, it is, it is, it is bad Digimon. 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's, very it's, funny. It's like, it's like what if you combined How I Met Your Mother with Digimon? That's what but it is. Also, it was heavily financialized. Yes. Like, and you that, could, right. like what if it was How I Met Your Mother plus Digimon, but you could like you could sell uh, the mother that they made. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. crucially, crucially, part of Digimon lore is that you can't sell your Digimon. Right. Oh, so that's what so, it is. That's right. It's How I Met Your Mother plus Digimon plus Barbaray Corsairs in the 15th century. Yes. Where you could sell yeah, your mother yeah, to them if you yeah. wanted to. The financing of TV shows was always so stable before this. <laughs> and now we're making it even better. Yeah. Look, I always thought that a little more, a little more uh, wild speculative uncertainty should be introduced into the entertainment business. Yeah. Uh, speaking of wild speculative uncertainty, though, we have a little bit of Britain and then we're going to do mm-hmm. a startup. Okay. Uh, so I want to, I, there are two, th- uh, so I have a little thing and a big thing. I'm going to start with the little thing, which is that uh, in the wake of, in the wake of the uh, the accountability lever not flipping to on, uh, or at least not doing so quickly, in the wake of uh, the, the party shenanigans, uh, Labour has spent uh, money uh, buying ad space on Conservative Home, uh, according to uh, Pippa Sirar. Awesome. Ah, They're like, the- people who voted for Conservative sometimes also like Keir Starmer. Consider this. The, yeah. Th- this, is, this is just Lincoln Project shit. It's finally hopped the pond. We're going to try and make... Mm. Tories feel bad where you know where they live. This will definitely work. So essentially, 100%. the uh, the ad is basically, or at least the, what what Pippa uh, Krerar has shared is a, sh- a screenshot of conservative home showing um, sort of algorithmic pop up ads or algorith- algorithmic banner ads of just uh, a, a woman standing in a surgical mask who is clearly a, a medical care worker, and then it says, "Look into her eyes and tell her you still back Boris Johnson." To which anyone reading that will say, "Yes, I still back Boris Johnson." <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course I do. You know, what What am I going to do? Not back Boris Johnson? Of course I still back Boris Johnson. Thank you for reminding me how much I love Boris Johnson. It's very funny to imagine some guy who's like currently like wiping his cum off a choir boy going like, of course I back Boris Johnson. He's going to prevent the council from taking my steeple. <laughs> he owns a steeple? That's right, yeah. He's a modern guy who owns a steeple. He's the Tory membership. People who, and I quote from Ahir Shah, a group who have an average legal age of ghost. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. What are you, what, what are you, what are you going to do? You, what you've done is you have basically taken a whole pile of, like, Labour members' money and you have given it to conservative home. Yeah. yeah. In nice. exchange... For remind for calling people uh, calling the prime minister a scallywag. Yeah, when I saw it, I was just like, this is just like led by led by donkeys shit, right? Yeah, like the yeah, kind yeah. of project projecting stuff onto like the uh, the houses of parliament or like doing those posters, which like really amount to like, oh, Boris Johnson isn't trustworthy, or like the conservatives are uh, they're devious and they hate like institutions, right? And, you know, you could make the argument that, okay, like, they're targeting a political crowd and like a political crowd where like there seems to sort of be mm. some minor exhaustion about like boris johnson so like this is kind of strategically it's like you know fine but like you're right like number one like you're giving you're giving uh you're giving you're giving money to conservative home but like the second thing is also like the choice of that picture as well was the thing that really like i found very weird because like it's no secret that like all their readers pretty much like have absolute contempt for the nhs and everyone who works in it and like never gave a shit about them so like of course they would like still back him because like why would they be in bed like uh, for me it was like why why choose out of all the kind of pictures you could have chosen or like all the things you could have picked up right like you know grandmothers sitting alone or something like that seems to feel more effective this just like makes no sense even 
by their own logic. Oh my god, someone, I just saw when you were scrolling through those that someone who's a blue tick had quote tweeted it with epic trolling, and I, I oh don't think god. they're yeah, joking. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> um, epic. Yeah, I just... It Keir Starmer's finally gone epic mode. <laughs> He's Morbin. It's the combination mm. of that, right, of deciding that we're, of what we're going to do is we're going to remind conservative voters that, again, the guy who they get a lot of pleasure from, like, owning people on their behalf has yeah. owned people they hate. Yeah. I don't get it. I, I very much I very much look forward to Keir Starmer saying, I, I would like to remind Boris Johnson that it is, in fact, the summer of Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after, after Boris Johnson called him Sabir Korma, I think he has no choice but to challenge him to a fight. I think Keir Starmer needs to start taking our advice. Yeah. It, challenge Boris Johnson to a fight. Talk about doing cocaine with Julia Fox at Soho House. These are, mm-hmm. This is the only way out. Yeah. Labour should take out an ad at Conservative Home. Being like showing a picture of Keir Starmer with Julia Fox, being like the labor leader is shagging Julia Fox. Yeah, it's Isn't like an cool? animated yeah, banner ad right. with a line of cocaine that goes across the page, <laughs> and Keir Starmer's head just goes all the way across, following it. Uh-huh. <laughs> the British people demand less, less Boris and more BS. I, I'm still working on that, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, look, I, just I mean, it's it's incredible to see. I mean, because I suppose. If you would, if if you have, if you are so purely wrapped up in just media performance, then of course you'd think that led by donkeys or the Lincoln Project or whatever is genius politics, and that the thing to do is just shovel a bunch of money from your side onto the other side to like make them to to remind everyone what a scallywag the guy in charge is. And it's just really astonishing to see it happening in real life over here. I, I have something. Yeah, uh, yeah. What do you yeah, to- mm-hmm. Tories, Tories these days would rather consume media with more bias than go to the cinema <laughs> and watch <laughs> more yeah. bias. They would. There we go. They would. There, there, there we go. There we go. Yeah. That's All right. Ad. Well, uh, I think that's the end of the podcast. So was that <laughs> yeah. seventeen it's minutes? Achieved, yeah, it's achieved yeah. its height. Like it's <laughs> over. So We're what done. was that? Like four and a bit years. Yeah, yeah. and seventeen <laughs> minutes. Yeah, that's it. Bye, everyone. No, 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 yeah. not bye. Uh, we finally worked out what it is with the Tories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> finally figured it out. It's been a while. Uh, no, so the other thing is like while I'm this not is all anything out, got no idea where the fuck I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's James A. Ketster. Yeah, um, that's right. So. <laughs> so basically, like, while this is all happening, and while this appears to be the only thing that we're going to, you know, attack the Tories on, oh sure, yeah, um, the energy price cap has been sort of suggested that it's going to go up again. Oh, that! But who uses energy? That's, you know, just honestly, I think everyone should just take a nap. Everyone, yeah, it, everyone it, should tighten yeah. their belt when it comes to being warm enough to survive. Yeah. Have you considered, yeah. uh, possibly? Becoming a long distance runner, so your temperature is always a little you're, higher. You're, you're, you're yeah, triggered. You're triggered, and you're owned by your energy bills going up three hundred percent. Well, have you considered that it's summer? Well, I can't. Yeah, that's mm. right. Well, I mean, what I can say is that, like, you know, uh, a great way to save on your heating bill is to just like uh, get mad online. Like that raises your blood. Yeah. So, like, maybe you should spend more time posting on the computer. Think about that. Yeah, you could. You could mm. put like a, a bunch of a cup of water on your forehead, and then it will boil. Um, no, so and essentially, Boris Johnson has failed to acknowledge the summer of Morbius, and also it's going to be the summer of more BS, <laughs> big surges <laughs> in energy prices due to his government. That's, that's exactly what it's going to be. Yeah. Thank you, Sir Keir. 
Uh, I'm so thrilled that you took time out of your busy schedule to come in here and talk to us today. I'm I'm absolutely exhausted from railing my new girlfriend, Julia Fox. And I do mean the double entendre there. Uh, Delightful stuff, Sir Kier. Well, thank you for coming in. My my pleasure. Uh, So, basically what happened, right, is that the energy price cap is going up. Um, This is, again, well, like wholesale gas prices are quite low, uh, just because energy tends to be... Well, it's it partly is because energy tends to be bought in like lo- because they basically remember all of those small firms are out of business because they all bought energy on the spot market. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And they couldn't didn't have money to buy it ahead of time. So what it means is that well, if the price spikes and you buy a lot of energy ahead of time, then that means that it stays expensive for a while. But also, like, what are they going to do? Put the bills down? When yeah, has the energy the- bill ever gone down? There's, yeah. there's also like um, a practical problem here, which is that we get a lot of natural gas from the North Sea. Uh, Europe does not have a lot of terminals to handle uh, like natural gas. We don't mm. like have a lot of gas storage because we sold all of it off. Because well, why therefore, would you need to store it? Yeah, the, therefore, best we can do is like uh, burn a shitload of it and just try and like sell the excess electricity we generate. Yeah. Um, huh. So. Yeah, but it's not going to benefit you, the consumer, in Britain at all. Oh, heavens no. Oh, no, no benefit. No, that, that's not how it's supposed to work. Anyway, okay. no, no. so in, with all of that happening, um, the conservative government, having said, no, we're not going to do anything about it. Go fuck yourself. You're on your own, has essentially mm. been once again forced by A events powerful to- powerful message to voters. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. You're on your own. Uh, but I, I would like to say, actually, the government has gone a bit too far here. I would like to say, go frig yourself. You've got a tax credit. <laughs> well, the thing is, that's more, that's essentially kind of what happened, right? Because what we're mm. seeing is a permanent price increase of like something in the region of like 800 pounds. Because the bills can, even if the gas falls, the bills can never go back down. Yep. We ignore, well, this right. is just a reality of like, you might as well want to turn gravity off. Like, so, so what has happened, right, is that in, with the bill rising by a pro, about 800 pounds, maybe a little more, keep that, yeah. keep that figure in your head, by the way. Keep that, just remember that mm. amount, okay. right? Um, what we have essentially said is, again, good. And what Labour's been agitating for is a big one-off windfall tax because they've all been taking excessive profits. Um, and this was this is when the Tories sort of gave their logic for it. They said, "Well, it's because they're excessive profit taking. There's not like any kind of innovation that they're engaging in or any kind of efficiency seeking." Again, it's never been that. They've never done that. But that's mm. fine. Um, nevertheless, they said they said okay, so we're going to tax them some billions of pounds and redistribute that in a sort of means-tested way. That no one gets less than four hundred, and then if you meet certain criteria, you can get some more than that. But let's just say the average person getting about four hundred, um, they're going to get four hundred pounds one time for a bill that is risen by about eight hundred forever. Hmm. That's dialectics, baby. You know that seems um, trade offer. And 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 I think the thing I want to <laughs> emphasize, right, is that um, what what is that. They chose to do this. This is what Labour has basically been pressuring to do, right? Is do a one-off big windfall tax because we have to recognize that the amount of profit taking has been irregular. So please, you know, give them a windfall tax. Mm. And then the Conservatives said, basically, okay, we're going to do that, but we're going to also give them tax credits for investing in oil and gas in the North Sea, which is perfect because we really yeah. want to get to that two-degree world five years sooner. Um, we do, yeah. And uh, but that essentially going to get there first before those <laughs> idiots in Europe. Yeah, well, we're going to be warming yeah. far faster than the rest of you. You know, they wish they could warm as fast as us. That's right. Well, when they'll become warmer, which means that you'll have to pay less. So actually, it's a great long-term strategy. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, God, that's right. Oh, oh, oh fuck! You, actually, you know what, Hussein, you are right. I've got, I've got to hand it to you on that one. You've got us. Yeah. <laughs> Turning the big temperature dial back and forth. Mm. So what has happened is the entire Overton window was between "Go fuck yourself, you're on your own," and maybe we should do a one-time tax and redistribution. And both sides of the Overton window are firmly in the realm of they don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, what it, if? Yeah. What if we? Nationalized the, some energy companies to the infrastructure. What if or, we nationalized that? Or even oh, we can't do that. Or even That's just communism. set a more aggressive price cap. Yeah. Oh like yeah, because we did. already do. We already do set a price cap. We already have state intervention yeah. in the market. Just only the bad kind. Rather than where... rather than putting the price cap up, like people were already going bankrupt at the price cap they've already put up. So yeah. why would you then put it up again? Well, I know why. Yeah. And, and the fact that Labour has essentially been agitating for that and a VAT cut, which would mean for one month, the price, is, the price increase is halved, but then it's the same, but then it's a full increase after that. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it's like they're saying that, like, it's hard to even, but like the way that the Labour Party at this point loves to demand less than the bare minimum from the government, which, I mean, okay, like whether or not you agree with it ideologically or not, that enables the government to outflank you by doing the bare minimum. And then you can't criticise them because they're doing what you've demanded of them, which is shit. Yeah, and then Rishi Sunak is on TV in a Superman costume because he's helping Yeah, people. and also crucially, if we learn anything from the COVID stuff, it's like when the bare minimum fucks up, then... Labour Party get the blame for it, right? So, like during the mm. COVID, like during you know, so Keir Starmer was like one of the was like the one of the first like UK. Well, the Labour Party they 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 had like the position of like you know early lockdowns and all that stuff. Um, well, actually, no, it kind of flipped, didn't it? But like, I guess the point that I'm trying to make um, is that when it came to sort of the furlough scheme, I think that like the Labour Party were trying to sort of advocate for it first. The Rishi Sunak was like very reluctant to do it, and like eventually did it through gritted teeth. Then sort of like got made a saint because of it and then when mm. the furlough scheme like you know ended and it kind of like you know disorientated like parts of uh you know parts of like industry uh Keir Starmer got the blame for it right like you know it was Labour who advocated for this and like you know they like they call themselves a Labour party but like you know they they're overlooking like dying businesses and stuff ultimately it's like really that like they will they will argue for the bare minimum the Tories will kind of give them the bare minimum plus a little bit extra Labour Party won't really be able to respond treat to it. And then to when it fuck- nice, love. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, treat yourself to like a nice, uh, you know, treat yourself to a different kind of yogurt. Um, and yeah. then when people realise they don't really like the yogurt, uh, they'll get mad at Keir Starmer. And I think that's a great strategy. Yeah. He should continue doing it. Um, yeah. I was very excited when I heard they were going to canonise Rishi Sunak, but I thought they meant something else. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, if, if you remember, right, this was originally uh, a, a loan of 200 pounds and now it's a grant of four i just i I just do not i fully do not understand how on earth uh anyone anyone on any side of the political spectrum could be possibly celebrating this as a win because as you said milo people were already going bankrupt at this level number bigger and Mm. you know if you get an 800 pound energy bill uh well an 800 pound increased energy bill and I hand you 400 quid and say, don't yeah. spend it all in one place. Wouldn't you rather have that than I hand you 200 quid and say, uh, give it back? 
Well, exactly. We've got fucking. This country has Stockholm syndrome with the Tories, where yeah. like they we're we're so like completely under the boot at this point that like, but the government's giving me four hundred. They're like they're like all hail the merciful Boris Johnson because he is giving us four hundred pounds after taking eight hundred pounds from us, but he could have given us nothing. So you know there is something to be cheerful about. It's like no, there isn't. <laughs> the thing about the government is four hundred quid per person is all they have. They're showing us their yeah. empty wallet. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, it will. Mm. I'm sorry. It's. it's I'm afraid. They don't have no any more cash left. on them. There's no ATMs around. And it's kind yeah, of like yeah, it would yeah. be rude to like impose and ask them to go and find one. So yeah, the, the government is sending you a Monzo request for yeah. like <laughs> your portion of the curry you had with Keir Starmer. The, the, the government. <laughs> the government is saying it didn't really have much of the wine. Actually, yeah, the government is pointing <laughs> yeah. out that it didn't have a starter or I've, a dessert. I, I've, yeah, I've added an. I've added an extra pound twenty because you did have like ha- a bit more than half a naan. Yeah, that's right. You did, you did, you did take one of the government's chips from its plate, is the thing, and therefore. <laughs> and you're like, but hey, at least the government is basically agreeing to pay for half of what it ate. It could have just walked out. <laughs> Come on, that would never happen. And, and you know, it? when Rachel Reeves says, right, she says after this, well, this clearly shows that Labour is winning the battle of ideas. Uh, <laughs> oh fuck me! The, the, the battle of ideas between two people who, like, the closest thing they've had to a thought, died of fucking loneliness. Like the battle of ideas. Incredible. Absolutely unbelievable. Talk about in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is fucking king. Like. In the, in this case, it's more like in the land of the blind, the my, the man with the slightly better trained dog is fucking king. Like, what the what the fuck kind of ideas have they had? They've lost the battle of ideas. The idea they had was so shit that the government has managed to outflank them on the left. You're the Labour Party, you fucking cretins! What is wrong with you? The point you you don't understand politics. Gestapo's whole thing is that he's the guy who understands politics. You know, fuck it. You ask the government to do something that's like very good, so they obviously won't do it, and then you can call them a cunt for not doing it. You don't ask them to do something which is shit and people won't like, that then they can do, and then blame it on you. That's the <laughs> dumbest shit I've ever heard in my fucking life. The battle of ideas, Rachel Reeves. What the, how many lobotomies has this woman had? <laughs> Fuck me! <laughs> oh, it's been the first one of those for a while. Seeing uh, seeing uh, Quaaludes, Quaaludes Acast just like pop out right at the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Reeves, let's crack on. I feel like, I feel like, so I feel like Quaaludes Acaster is like Milo's Morbius. <laughs> the summer of Quaaludes Acaster. <laughs> yeah. That would be an interesting MCU edition. Quaaludes Acaster. The living Acaster. <laughs> Mr. Stark, I feel really good. <laughs> <laughs> really, I mean, the one thing I will respect the current iteration of the Labour Party for is that they're really giving the Democrats a run for their money as the most like frustratingly stupid Washington generals ass nominally wasn't progressive the case, party. Wasn't the case also that like they're trying to sort of model themselves on that because they're still so insistent that like the dem like the American Democrats are like yeah, the the current like the Biden administration is like the model that they want to emulate. Yeah, like utterly doing nothing and failing. Like I, <laughs> I was discussing this with Riley before the episode off mic about how like Britain is like 
it's it's like it's less cursed in terms of outcomes than America, but it's more mm. cursed in the sense that both parties are the Democrats. They're like they're, <laughs> they're, it's they're both so incredibly frustrating to watch because like the Republicans, as evil as they are, are able to govern. Like they just do things that are evil, but they are actually capable of doing things. Whereas in this country, we have two parties, neither of which are capable of doing anything, and it's it's <laughs> somehow it's worse. <laughs> Like, yeah, because our Republican Party is like a band of freaks and widows who are like dragging the second Democrats, the Conservatives, around on a leash. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I, I think the 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 the, uh, the thing I, w- I was thinking of as well is that um it, it is that in the Republicans in the U.S. exist to govern aggressively for their uh for like the interests they represent, whereas the Tories just seem to exist to keep Labour out, and Labour just mm. seems to exist to promise it won't be too much different from the Tories. No, Labour exists Remarkable. to keep the left of Labour out. That's right. Uh, the two parties that are essentially big doorstops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't want to talk about a startup. Uh, it's called Evolve. Uh, it's spelled right. the normal Love way, but already. no E. What? What? Yeah, evolve. You... No E. <laughs> no. no. Well, How on, are you spelling Evolve? Well, that's oh, just yeah, sorry. sorry, none of the second E. Excuse me. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's only had the one E. Hmm. I see. Yeah, that was very funny. I was just thinking, what? <laughs> How are you? They're like they're doing like non-Euclidean English. Yeah, no. So evolve, but there's no e on the end, just the beginning. Yeah, evolve the game publisher with their yeah. uh, platform Stone. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's like a Morbius strip. Okay, come on, yeah. come on. Very uh, we're going to start with Hussein. It's called Evolve, and remember, there is no e on the end of Evolve. A good guess, Hussein. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no. Hold on, hold on. I have something for this. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't exactly what I had, but um <laughs> Welcome to Hussein's thinking hour. <laughs> All right, Hussein. Uh let's see your answers. I'm sorry, must be in the form of a question. <laughs> I'm still trying to work it out. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that, like, it's some sort of, like, electric vehicle. Um, and that's only oh, because, no. like, it's, like, E-Volvo. That's a very boring answer, but, like, I can't... Yeah. E-Volvo. I'll give you a hint. Hmm. It's related to some stuff that's been in the news in America recently. I and mean, I want you to imagine the most cynical, uh, perhaps evil thing you can, and then double that. Is there an app that prevents school shootings? <laughs> Correct, Electrified Milo. floors. Oh! Fuck. <laughs> yes, the lathe is vibrating with my power today. I was, I was wait, with was you on the school shootings. It's an app that yeah. prevents school shootings. I was thinking it was going to be like, uh, you electrify the floors of the school, and then the second a lockdown goes mm. out... Uh, you just fry possibly a bunch of kids, but also the school shooter. Yeah. Uh, no. So it's not exactly an app, though. Uh, so probably that would, also that would have a been, kid. That would have been too practical. Yeah. I yeah. think. Uh, so this is this company went public last year, has raised four hundred million dollars from a combination of Peyton Manning, Jeb Bush, Bill Gates, and Andre Agassi. Just a bunch what? of really smart guys. Now, and, now and, that's and, a mum's basement lineup I would listen to. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they say. We will change the way you think about security. Uh, visitors to your location want to move quickly through security checkpoints at a seamless pace. <laughs> that sounds like a really bad ad. <laughs> like, right, you'd get on like, a sidebar of a bad website, like, visitors to your location really enjoy. Yeah, well, you know, I'm having trying to, to shoot up a school and the banner comes down. You're actually the one millionth visitor to that school. 
Yeah, uh, you're the one millionth person who's attempted to shoot up yeah, this school. Yeah. You've got a, this big novelty check, and then that forces you to pit, put down the gun temporarily while you're confused. Yeah, you just get tackled by a bunch of teachers. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> uh, so what it is, is um, it says, traditional security screening was not designed for today's dynamic threat environment. Unlike metal detectors, manual bag checks, wanding, and other traditional solutions, wanding, like like a metal detector wand. No, I realize it's just oh, yeah. a funny way of describing it. Um, Evolve offers an innovative approach to physical security screening. Uh, by maintaining the highest degree of weapons detection accuracy via AI. Oh, oh amazing. No. Is it like so- a kind of vibes check thing? Like it checks if you have bad vibes and therefore whether mm. you're a security threat? Yeah, if bad vibes are a gun, which I guess I yeah. guess a gun is pretty bad oh, vibes. Oh, Alice, you say gun. Um, so the, the Evolve Weapons Detection System combines powerful sensor technology with proven AI, security ecosystem integrations, and a comprehensive venue analytics to ensure safer, more accurate threat detection at an unprecedented speed and volume. So what essentially they're saying is, look, we've accepted that there is sort of uh, no acceptable political solution to this because um, you know Joe Manchin likes the filibuster because that's sure. the only thing that keeps him being a mirror of West Virginia. Mm. Um, and so uh, what we're going to do, Joe Al Manchin, yeah, is we're going to have uh, everything. What if the TSA, the thing people love interacting with, yeah. what if that was everywhere? Oh, yeah, cool. For example, what if to go to school, uh, you had to, and again, this is this is true. If you bring a laptop to school, uh, you can't have it in your bag because according to the Evolve system, it looks like a gun. Oh, cool. Well, my laptop certainly does because I specially commissioned one that is shaped exactly <laughs> like a gun yeah. and also functions as a gun. Yeah, it also right. does not function as a laptop. No, yeah. it's, it's primarily a go gun. <laughs> <laughs> It's so, an educational gun. Yeah, it's, it's, I've, I've written the word school on it. That's right. Uh, <laughs> not, not in a threatening way. It's because it's my educational gun. <laughs> yeah, I've actually I've carved the entire text of Pride and Prejudice onto these bullets, and I'm shooting people with them in a learning way. Um, so it says, we want to change the way you think about security, blah, blah, blah. So this is from the Washington Post. When Peter George saw news of the racially motivated mass shooting at the top supermarket in Buffalo on May 14th. When Peter George saw news of the racially motivated mass shooting at the top supermarket in Buffalo on May 14th, which again is two weeks ago, Mm. uh, he had a thought that's that's often had after such tragedies. No, it's not. (laughs) Could our system have stopped it? Our system, again, not being the political system by which power is distributed and used uh, by the state, but rather could our system, our AI-enabled metal detector have stopped it. You know, could I, it, could I have stopped this by going on the computer? Yeah. Could could school shootings Clippy yeah. have said, mm. "Hey, you're about to commit a school shooting." Yeah. Do you need any help with that? Because that's the other thing, right? Why on earth would a metal detection system stop it if every single police officer ran the fuck away from the guy? Yeah, they they confronted him and then were just like, "Oh wow, this guy has a gun." Shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Go after you, so, sir. What, yeah, what, you, what you've added is a very expensive sound effect that goes off in the background of a school shooting of the alarm going off. Uh, we we tactically interdicted a suspect who we believe to have a toy gun. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it transpired that the suspect was armed with a gun of a real gun nature, uh, and therefore we had to let him proceed. The police like looked at the guy with the gun and the kid with the gun, and they were like, wow, he's just like me. Yeah. <laughs> They're always having a go at cops for shooting a kid with a toy gun, but that's the safest kind of kid to shoot. (laughs) You can't go around shooting a kid with a real gun, he might shoot back. Very dangerous. I mean, that is basically what they think. They've got the health and safety conscious, the police. Peter George, uh, the CEO of Evolve Technology, uh, as quoted by the Washington Post, says, an AI-based system meant to flag weapons, quote-unquote, democratizing security. Amazing. 
It's, well, they've, they've managed right. to come up with something dumber than the average police officer, which is yeah. AI. And, and so, <laughs> yeah, it's what you've democratized is the expe- experience of the TSA. Mm. Yeah. Except dumber than the TSA because it's a computer that's doing the TSA. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. There still has to be a guy there or else it's going to detect mm. that you have a weapon and then you're just going to continue walking with your weapon. The computer's like, hey, stop that. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> And so it says, uh, <laughs> do you need help with your mental health? The idea, uh, this is Peter, this is Jay, Jay Stanley from the uh, ACLU, mm-hmm. says, the idea of a, of a gentler metal detector is a nice solution in theory to these terrible shootings. But do we really want to create, but, but do we really want to create more ways for security to invade our privacy? Do you want to turn every shopping mall or little league game into the airport? Like, that's the idea here is you cannot is go yes. anywhere. That's the vision. That's because remember, because I was thinking about this. I, as soon as this happened, I was like, I wonder is any sort of intractable political problem inevitably attracts one of two things, which is blockchain or AI. Let's um, mm. remember the, the, we want to solve the Northern Ireland border issue with blockchain and AI. Just be like, what yeah. if what if we didn't have to address these irreducible complexities of having yeah. of having a customs border and also not having a customs border? What if we yeah. squared that circle by just saying a wizard would do it? Exactly. This is the U.S. version of that. This In this is case, th- it's literally a wizard, i.e., a setup wizard <laughs> from <laughs> Windows ninety-eight. Yeah. So uh, they, there's a light emission technique that uses uh, underpins lidar to create images. Then AI examines it, um, and then they have signatures where they train the AI to look for guns, basically. So they're applying the technology that self-driving cars are supposed to be using. This is going to work fabulously. Yeah, I, I think what what I find fascinating about all this stuff is that I think there's like that a lot of a lot of liberals in the U.S. are are guilty of similarly not engaging with the source material in that like every time one of these happens, like the first thing they yell about is gun control, which like obviously gun control would in at least in a limited sense solve some of these problems because it would at least mean that like I mean they would never ban guns entirely in the U.S. but it would make people less able to kill as many people as quickly, right? And so therefore it yeah. is a sensible step. However, the gun nuts do have a point which is that guns are not fundamentally the cause of this like there's a reason why america is the only country where this happens and it's not because america is the only country where you can buy guns because it isn't there are loads of countries particularly in the developing world where it's really fucking easy to get loads of guns probably even some guns that are banned in america this does not regularly happen in those countries and also it didn't happen regularly in america before like columbine like, it is a modern American phenomenon that is actually like, guns enable it to happen, but they're not the fundamental cause of it. And I find it bizarre when people insist that they are. It's like, no, there's something way more fucked up going I, I on here. I think they're the fundamental cause of it in as much as it certainly wouldn't happen without... I think they're the, they're the fundamental cause of maybe 90% yeah. of the lethality of it. Yeah, it's mm, not a reason yeah. to oppose gun control, but also I think people are like... The, the liberals are like, well, it, people just can't be trusted with guns and that's the only problem in our society. Anyway, time to dust off my hands and not look under the hood of America. Yeah, because, because the yeah, as you say, because the ideal is the mass shootings stop happening or stop happening as, happening as frequently and they never have to address anything else. Yeah, yeah. What, what, the, the, of the you know, incredibly like it, a lot because a lot of what is connects a lot of the mass shootings tends to also be people who are uh, shitload of rat- alienation, misogyny, yeah. racism, yeah. Yeah. domestic deep, abuse, deep rat. Essentially, a lot of them are deeply radicalized either by sort of like white supremacy or or incel shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and I, I yeah I, I sort of it's it's all of these problems that are intersecting. But I think the thing is. It certainly, I'd say the, the, the fact that you can get an AR-15 in a drive-thru certainly has dumped a lot of gasoline onto the fire. 
Oh, yeah, it exacerbates the problem massively. Yeah. But I think, and also, it's amazing because this has brought up some amazing things about the American cops. Like, far from being unable to not do violence when they shouldn't, they can't even do violence when they should, which is incredible. I mean, again, if you bring the example of, like, the British police, like, you know, they don't do as much violence as the American police, but also, like, there, there was that guy, the fucking policeman who confronted the guy who was armed outside Parliament, who was unarmed and got stabbed to death. But he didn't run off. I'm yeah, not absolutely. saying he was a good guy. He was still a cop, but like you know, that's that's like the minimum you expect from a cop, even yeah. when you understand what cops are. Like <laughs> it's it is it, it it seems as though it is a, a a certainly a perfect storm, and into which into the it has created this just enormous gaping wound in American society, into which step a bunch of guys saying that they'll solve it with AI and blockchain, hmm. uh, and, and we it, can trust all of them. Yeah, we're going to get an NFT of the school shooter and we're going to put it on the blockchain and that's going to solve the problem. So, um, when, this, when, a suspicion, uh, when the system identifies a suspicious item from a group of people flowing through it, it draws an orange box around it on a live video feed of the person entering. Oh, so if, well, I, enter, if I enter the school with the ball from the Birmingham ball ring and it'll, it'll put yeah. the box... Like, well, this it's, guy's it's mental drawing, health is off the charts. It's drawing the Q angle on each person entering. <laughs> Says, now listen here, 007, it's called an angle. So it says, it's only then uh, that a security guard watching on a nearby tablet will approach for more screening. But again, they already have the gun, and the security guard has already been proven to be ineffective. Amazing. So yep. what the fuck is this doing? What's its function? Because if they have the gun and they bring it to the school, that's sort of it. Because the security guards and the cops have proven themselves to be manifestly unable and unwilling to stop it. So what we'll you've say, done is yeah. you've drawn a little box around an eventual murder weapon. We're running hot today. Yeah, we are running hot. And mm. rightly so. This might be a dumb observation, but like from what I understand, um, based on like kind of dipping in and out of like the weekly school shootings that seems to be happening... Like it very, it happens very rarely that someone will bring a gun into into the actual premises and then fire it like later. Quite often, like more often than not, if I'm not wrong, like the shooter comes in and starts shooting once they get inside the school. So how, like, if they're carrying the gun because they want to kill people in the school, then like I don't know what are they expecting to do with this? It's like, oh, can you can you put it through the scanner first before you? Do your thing. Um, you can see the like desperation to avoid. Like that's the one thing about about gun control being the one thing. This the, the first priority because I agree with Milo, right? Like there's all of this other shit that needs to happen as well. But the thing that sort of changed my mind a little bit on that was the extent to which everybody in American media, everybody on uh, like all of the Republican Party and a decent proportion of the Democrats, immediately started talking about anything other than gun control. For as long as they could, as loudly as they yeah. could. Well, you I had like my fucking yeah. Ted Cruz go on go on Fox and say every school should have one door with armed guards at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. like okay, fine. You you have one door. There are armed guards at it. A guy with a rifle comes up. The armed guards run. Now what? Well, the kids have a, the kids don't have exits now. The armed guards. They, there'll be two armed guards at every door. One will tell yeah, one the truth. Tell lies. One yeah, tell one. the truth, and you've got to decide which one. And if you and if you correct and if you pass the riddle, then uh, then you get to do your shooting. No, what I was going to say was that like you know, I I again I agree with like Milo in the sense that like yeah, um, the idea of just like getting rid of guns isn't going to like solve the violence problem because and I think at this stage also because like the systemic causes of violence are so embedded. Um, mm. 
like you may kind of you know you can argue that okay like kind of reducing access to gun might mean that like you'll kind of get fewer casualties and that's like generally a good thing like the issue with like the gun thing is also that you can like rack up a lot of casualties in a short period of time but like it doesn't address like the systemic things but like what's what's been quite interesting you get more you get more car attacks too and american cars in particular are uh about the worst kind of car that you could try and run a bunch of people down yeah, especially if you're driving and i think a te- this is especially if you're driving a tesla yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but if you're driving a tesla that's more of what a uh, ai on ai crime yeah. what, what i was going to add like very quickly was that like if you kind of look at the responses or if you listen to like the responses that have happened after this attack and you're right like they've avoided talking about gun control and they've avoided really talking about guns like using the same like you know he was a psychopath or this was just like one radical and like you know there are so many like good gun owners and we shouldn't punish them and everything but like what it kind of seems to imply is that like the way in which the second amendment and like gun uh accessibility has sort of been framed as like the kind of pinnacle or like a sort of like the moniker of like american freedom and liberty right and it sort of is it's the only thing you get for living in america right and like like, uh, yeah and like the idea that yeah you can sort of go into any store i went last time i went to america i went on a fishing trip and i went to like go just get some tackle and like the guy was like asking if I you know wanted to buy a gun and that like you know there must be ways to take it sort of, sort of take it back to England and I was like number one it's like okay my name is Hussein and like I don't know whether you like know that <laughs> yeah. um but like the second thing being like he's really keen you ever to sort shot of a self- fish Hussein <laughs> you ever felt the power of discharging a Magnum five thirty seven <laughs> into a chub. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Magnum 357. I don't want to get yelled at by someone with autism. A Magnum 537. Now that would destroy a chub. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A more than 50 cal pistol. Do you you want to obliterate a carp into its component parts? Do do you want your shoulder and a carp to experience the same thing at the same time? (laughs) Do you want to be sure that no Polish man will ever eat this carp? (laughs) By turning it into little more than mist. He really wanted to sell me this gun, and it was just like really this idea. And I think it's yeah, again, it's like really this idea that like you're kind of like the 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 freedom that you get, and like the kind of like free like the freedom that they sell is the idea that like you can buy anyone can sort of buy this gun, and it means that you can bypass like thinking about what it means to sort of like live in a free society in like more systemic ways, right? Like so, you know, it may be, the Second Amendment can like be very conveniently used. Uh, to detract from conversations about accessible healthcare or like education or you know welfare or like very basic living standards the idea that like so much of america basically lives in poverty um and like you know and those are also places with like incredibly high gun ownership so yeah i i I, i'm kind of wondering whether like the second amendment also kind of is used in a very cynical way to be able to detract from having to have like conversations yeah i mean yeah yeah to detract from having conversations about like those actual systemic things which cause the radicalization and thus creating this like very like this impossible cycle to break well i think there's another thing like there's it's very difficult it's very it's very it's the thing to remember is that radicalization and mental health are not two of the same they're not two sides of the same coin these are different like because one is just a sort of one is a a diffuse and largely thought of as individualized whether it's it is or is not it's thought of as individualized problem it's oh we there are many people with deficiencies they have deficient uh mental mental health or whatever um and at, at this but it's yeah from not being actual, checked in on by Prince the Harry. actual problem that the actual problem beyond just there are tons of guns around because like like britain had a mass shooting it happened last year People seem to forget that. We had one here last year, uh, but it almost never happens. Yeah, but that's the thing. The question of magnitude isn't a side issue if you can say, 
Uh, yeah, we had a mass shooting last year. When was the previous one? 2010. Uh, if, you, if you're talking about America, then it's like, oh, we had one the previous week. No, I'm not right? saying it's a side issue at all. What I'm saying is that the guy who we had a mass shooting, we, uh, the guy who did our mass shooting, bears a lot of similarities to all the guys doing the mass shootings in America. Oh, sure. He was on the same forums. He was using the same, he was talking in the same way. He had a lot of the same political ideologies. And so it's like, there is a, there is a stochastic fascist terrorist issue, not a mental health issue, hmm. basically. And sure. that stochastic fascist terrorist issue is massively exacerbated by the fact that you can get a gun very easily that is meant to kill large numbers of people. And again, sort of focusing back on, on what Evolve here says, one of like the, this, again, publicly traded, very valuable companies sort of solution to it is to make everything into an airport, every six flags into an airport, every school into an airport, everything. But, you know, they, then uh, this is... But like this says, well, what what happens when you move beyond like looking for a gun? Because it's not just it's not just a metal detector. It's not just seeking metal. It's seeking fucking whatever you tell it to seek. It will seek any signature, anything. So if you say, okay, well now seeking we're just going to damn transgenders. Yeah, that's it. Could it could do that? It could do whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. That's the thing. It's like if you want to think like in um in a world where say there's uh you know like a lack of access to like say trans healthcare, like if because of a discrimination against trans people, yeah, you could you could do that with it. You could do what you're doing is you're normalizing. Get your your people using this right. There's a very these very cynical firms are jumping into the breach, saying, "Let us surveil more. Hmm. Let's surveil more and more broadly because the actual problems, which is again a combination of as you said, Milo, a stochastic fascist terrorist movement, and as you say, Alice." The fact that they all, all of these people have at ready access to guns, if you're not willing to deal with either of those things, the only thing you can do is make everything into the fucking TSA. Yeah. Hmm. And, and I think it's important that that's why, like, you know, like liberals in the US, I think, are, are missing out in a big way on an argument they're making is because, like, when you just say that guns are the problem, what you enable the right to say is like, oh, well, look at these countries where they have guns and they don't all they don't shoot each other all the time. And it's like. Yeah, because unfortunately you failed to make the proper point, which is that like America has had an experiment with having guns and it's been proven that American society, as it is currently constituted for the reasons of having loads of stochastic fascist terrorists, is incapable of being trusted with guns. The Swiss are capable of being trusted with them. <laughs> unfortunately, the Americans cannot. <laughs> um, and, and the other thing, right, is I that... Trust the Swiss with your money. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> is that we... Uh, yeah, we... Like, for example, what if it's like, um, all right, these are outside every, every protest now. Mm. Uh, so you're going to get searched. And because the thing is, a lot of people walking through these things are going to be fucked up by them. For example, if you're going to a protest and they, I don't know, find something in your pocket or whatever, that's like, oh, we can arrest this guy now. We can harass this person now. Or I found his Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Or perhaps <laughs> uh, we've we have we already have identified this person from their phone. We mm. now know everything that they're carrying on them. We know where they're going. We know we know all sorts of shit about them. Mm. Uh, and that is now again. A bunch of of data that's been pulled in, and no matter how much they promise that they're not going to tag a, a personal name attribute to a person, we know for a fact that that's not enough to fully anonymize someone. No, but right, they promised. Come on, <laughs> come on. And so, and so, essentially, like what you're what you're now saying is, yeah, it's we're um, it is people are just going to have to accept constantly being patted down by the it pops all the time, and the people who are this is going to stop are people who we don't care about, who don't need to be stopped. This isn't going to stop someone who's decided they want to shoot up a school and they're going to just walk through it and then 
and then a little orange box will appear over the gun that they then remove from their coat and start using. So yeah, that's where it was before he took it out. This little helpful orange box showed me. But it, what it will do is get a lot of people, pretty, uh, especially a lot of people who are already over-surveilled and over-policed, uh, pretty fucked up uh, by the fact that this is just more overreaching surveillance into their lives. What if we, yeah, what if we turn schools into panopticons? Yeah, I'm actually going to do a startup where uh, we're going to fill all of the schools with uh, bottles and cans, which will distract school shooters <laughs> for long enough to enable them to be tackled by teachers That's who are apparently right. the only people brave enough to yeah, do anything about it. Teachers and parents, right. you know, yeah. we have to protect yeah. our precious uh, operators. Man, the fuck, the fact that, I mean, it's it's so dark, but I mean, the fact that the cops were like tasing the parents to prevent them getting into the school to rescue their own children, and the fact that they like Chris Morris style locked the shooter in there with the kids and were like, well, we've contained it like the fucking eight-year-old boy on the fucking space station with the pedophile just like it, it beggars belief like and so uh essentially this says this 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 thing like i said earlier uh also it says flags google chromebooks as weapons so um for whatever reason google chromebooks it always yeah, flags fair, as they weapons. Do suck and you shouldn't buy one <laughs> so peter george the ceo said that um as for accuracy, I was trying to bring an explosive into my school, but I was just trying to charge my Samsung <laughs> Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, this machine right. has flagged me as an absolute fucking weapon. <laughs> <laughs> as, as for accuracy, he acknowledges that the Chromebook has been an issue, but says the algorithm is being improved. He suggests in the meantime that students who will use a Chromebook might simply come to realize that they will need to hold them up in front of them on their way to school, which is a small price to pay for safety. Incredible. Incredible. Well, they, I mean, Incredible. we already—they already make students like have clear backpacks and shit already. So yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're a student at a school, why don't you simply wear kind of like makeshift body armor constructed entirely out of Panasonic Toughbooks and hope for the best? Mm. Absolutely. Uh, so um, yeah, uh, this is this is this is a, a very uh, anger-making, anger-inducing startup for me. Yeah, mm. yeah, just fucking shit. Yeah. yeah. Boy, did, was that an episode that um. Uh, made me upset. What the fuck did we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I can't believe that we brought on Quaaludes Acaster and also mm. that bored ape, and neither of yeah. them really contributed to the substantive bits of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Quaaludes, Quaaludes Acaster is going to be running the metal detector at your school now. Yeah. That's going to be the <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's going to be just as effective as the normal guy running the metal detector. Quaaludes Acaster might actually rugby tackle the guy. I think he'd that's do true. better than the cops. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. Quaaludesacaster um, trying to fuck the school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, legally, we cannot say that James Acaster does Quaaludes all that he would fuck a school shooter. That's, uh, that's not the point of the bit. It, it's just a joke. Legally, the defense is a joke. Do you think what, what, one day is probably going to cross his desk. <laughs> oh, cross <yeah>. his desk. <laughs> James Acaster's in tray. Filled as it is with quaaludes and episodes of podcasts to listen to. <laughs> I hope people who don't know who James Acaster is understand that the, the premise no, of the joke is They've had a great that, episode, I think. Yeah, is that James Acaster is the last person you could imagine doing quaaludes. Like, I really... <laughs> That that plus quaaludes are quite a funny drug in general. Just yeah. any kind of oh, like seventies yeah. party drug they don't really make anymore yeah. is inherently very funny. Yeah. Watney's party seven A caster. So okay, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, so oh, thank you very much. Pissed. Thanks very much for listening to the the show. Um, and we have a bonus episode. Uh, so do check that out. It's five bucks a month, and you get a second episode every week. Cheaper than a pint and full of beer. This week, uh, I'm very excited to say that uh, we are going to be revisiting probably 
probably one of my top three favorite characters of the history Jerk of the show. Jerk Vanderklag. You no, know, a yeah. real guy. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Jerk Vanderklag, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, do, uh, do tune in for that. Uh, it's going to be a mm. lot of fun. Let's just we- say uh, he's a man who is um, definitely alive. He's a man that's who's right. alive. He's not been alive built into a bridge. Well. Yeah, that's right. He's in, that, he's in that oil barrel. He's listening to his favorite music. The AC is on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry uh, about it. So uh, we'll see you on the bonus episode for that. Anyway, bye everybody. Bye-bye. Bye bye.